Tony Granado joined us on Sport and the Growing Good. Tony is the head coach of the men's hockey team at the University of Wisconsin, and he has a background that includes being the head coach of the U.S. Olympic hockey team and having been a head coach in the NHL and a longtime great, great player in the NHL and at all levels. Tony is really one of the great players and leaders in the game of hockey and is widely recognized as that. In our conversation today, we were able to speak about some of the early foundations of his competitive and leadership excellence. And some of that started in very simple ways as Tony was growing up in his family home outside of Chicago. And in some of the most impactful moments for Tony as a leader were in the family basement playing games that were made up by Tony and his siblings. So we talked about the values that came from those early games with his siblings. We went on to talk about some of Tony's broader leadership perspectives and the way he thinks thinks about leadership and the way he guides his program. So we continue to learn from some of the best leaders around, especially in the state of Wisconsin, but also beyond. And there's no one better to learn from than the great Tony Granado. So thank you, Tony, for joining us on Sport and the Growing Good. Siblings, and that's the oldest brother in that basement. Um, what was that room like, the basement room? You know, that was, it was interesting because they just said, I'm the old, I was the oldest of six. Four of my siblings came within five years, and us four uh, had the same passion and love for the game of hockey. Um, at that time, hockey wasn't real big in Illinois, but it was important to us, um, and that was the one thing that we, we loved to do together. And, and um, for whatever reason, from the time, you know, we were able to hold a hockey stick and put a pair of skates on, we did. Uh, but what we had a special place was our basement. And the basement was, we'd go down the stairs, we'd close the door off. You know, Dad would be working, Mom would be up there trying to get dinner ready and, and take care of the house. And we'd go to our little space and we'd, we'd play our NHL games in the basement. And, you know, it would be me and my young sister, Cammie, and my two middle brothers, Donnie and Robbie, would be against each other. And every game we played it like it was a Stanley Cup. And what I didn't realize, and I guess I appreciate way more now than I did as it was actually happening, were the values and the, the, the love and respect that we had for each other, for our sport, uh, and the skills that we developed weren't skills of just necessarily playing hockey, but they were life skills that we learned in that basement. And that, I think, is really what all of our you know, core values and what we're all about was learned. And that was all through the sport of hockey. It was all through competitiveness. And it was all for love for one another and the sport. And, and so I'm, I was very grateful to have, you know, I, I think when you, you mentioned that, well, where do your coaching principles come from? Well, they come from that basement. They really do. The competitiveness, the understanding of what being a good teammate is, uh, the work ethic, um, all of the values I think that we've all lived by and, and had, you know, hopefully as, as our character as we move forward in life they were all you know 
developed and, and blossomed in that basement. I've read research on how today sports for a lot of kids are so structured, hyper-structured, where they go to training, they go to practice, and everything is very programmed for them. But there's great benefits to free play, to just saying, go have at it. When So when you all played, it sounds like it was free play, but what literally did you play? You said you played the NHL hockey. Did you make up games? We did. I would be, you know, Stan Makita, that was my idol. Uh, Donnie would be Tony Esposito because he liked playing goalie. Robbie would be Pitt Martin or Darcy Rhoda. Cammy would be Wayne Gretzky or somebody else. And, and you know, we felt like we were them. And, and we would have, you know, a ball taped up uh, and some mini nets made up. And it would be full contact. So, you know, I was the bigger brother, so I probably, you know, didn't realize <laughs> the that I was a bully at certain that, yeah. points. And, and, but what all we were doing was, like you said, free play. Yeah. Make the own rules up. Um, I think I was in charge of the refereeing yeah. as far as <laughs> most of the calls that were, were made down there. Um, but, but you know, I look at today's, you know, like you said, the structure and then the skating coach and the mental skills coach and, and uh, all these separate, you know, outside sources that today's athlete has. It's just different. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's worse or better or whatever, but I think a lot of that free play thing was, you know, kids learning about leadership skills, learning about what it was like to be a teammate without having a coach there and, and somebody had a lead. And I think that there's a lot of benefit in, in you know, that way. Um, so I wish I had a skating coach and a strength yeah, coach yeah. and a nutritionist and all that back then, but I also realized not having them made me find my own way and path, which is also beneficial. I was going to ask you this later, but I want to skip ahead to you being the oldest um, and the leadership attribute that may have been developed being the oldest brother. I've read your siblings say that you are, you know, you are always the leader of, of them, always the, not just the oldest, but the leader. And so I first of all wonder about how being the oldest brother affected you when it came to being a player and a coach. And then the second part of that question is, do you look for that kind of thing when you are looking for players? sibling relationships, leadership characteristics in a family. So first you, did it affect you? And the second is, do you look for that kind of thing when you're looking at kids today? You know, I think when I look back, um, did I know I was being a leader? No, I was being a good, you know, hopefully being a good big brother. I think there were lots of times where I look back and say maybe I wasn't a good big brother because I think there was lots of times, you know, where I didn't take into consideration, um, you know, what might have been best for, one of, you know, my sister or one of my brothers or whatever uh, as, as we, you know, played hockey. I think I played hockey because I loved it. And I think I had, you know, like I said, siblings that wanted to be part of that. So I don't think I ever thought about, you know, hey, I'm doing this and I'm the leader because I'm the oldest brother. I think naturally because somebody had to make the decisions, of, okay, hey, let's go play. Hey, what are we playing? Hey, who's on whose team? Hey, what are the rules? Uh, you know, I think all those things, like you said, based because it's free play, there's nobody there to tell you what to do. you got to figure it out kind of on your own. And because I was the oldest, the kids went along with what I said. But what I think the kids, the brothers and sisters, uh, they taught me a lot. They taught me a lot about courage. You know, here's my little sister that's five years younger than me that would go, you know, 
toe to toe with me in a corner to try to win a puck battle. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, holy cow! I mean, that just doesn't seem, you know, realistic. Yeah. And then you realize, well, it is because why? Because she just wanted to play hockey and be part of it. She mm-hmm. loved hockey just as much as I did. I think that's I learned a lot from Cammy. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, back then women's sports in general, and in particular women's hockey, wasn't a everyday thing for girls to do mm-hmm. if you saw a girl with a hockey bag you look at them and think like what's she doing carrying her brother's bag mm-hmm. it just didn't resonate with anybody thinking that hockey was for girls and yeah. she didn't understand that and she fought through lots of barriers and obstacles to to you know fight for what she thought was acceptable mm-hmm. and so i think i learned a lot from her about courage and about persevering and about you know saying hey if i love something this much, I'm going to keep doing it no matter what other people say or, or the struggles that I have to deal with to continue it. So, so then I think Donnie, you look at what Donnie's done and now he's you know, coaching a professional team, some of the injuries and, and illnesses that he's had to battle through. And I think all of the stuff that we've done and the love we've had for one another have helped us through some really tough things to help us, you know, get to the positions of, of having chances to lead to or or to to you know persevere and continue to to have hockey as part of our lives. So I don't know if I answered your question you did. at all. You did. Um, Do you, how about when you're looking at you say you have a recruit on yes. campus? Do you look at family dynamics in terms of how do they interact with their parents? How do they interact with their siblings? That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, we've gone big, you know, in our program on on trying to identify what individual core values are of the individual player that we're recruiting and that enters our locker room and then how we can help polish those up and help them think through that because I think if it's not brought to their attention you know hey what are your core values what's important to you what's important to your family if they don't you know lots of kids haven't ever thought about that but they're built in because of their you know their grandma's you know work ethic or their mom's love and support that they've given them or what their dad's done and showed them on on what work ethic whatever it is Mm -hmm. And then when you start to get it out there, the people, the, 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 you know, the kids start to realize, geez, that's what I want to be. You know, I want to be a teammate that, that really, you know, can bring those core values into a locker room. Then I think you're going somewhere. But if they can't identify what they are because they, they haven't thought about it, then it's kind of, you know, um, I think an untapped part of, of, you know, what that player might be able to help, uh, you know, not only themselves, but also your program and, and, and his teammates. As a like a star player growing up, where you're thriving at every level, through college, international play, NHL, playing with the, at the highest levels, um, you played with the greats, and then going into coaching, were there models that you had? We use the term bell cows mm-hmm. in our program. Sure. You know, people that you followed, you were attracted to, but were there models on the coaching side who you looked to in the back of your head as you were playing? Or in your early coaching days, you said that's that's a coach I admire, the way they do what they do. Yeah, one of them is Mark Johnson's, you know, dad Bob Johnson. He recruited me. Um, his enthusiasm and passion for hockey kind of that's kind of what I thought hockey was supposed to be. So he, we, we talked about the basement games. Mm-hmm. I thought Badger every day, you know, he's playing another game. Let's hey, let's go play hockey. Let's yeah. let's drop teams and let's you know figure out you know ways to just enjoy hockey. Mm-hmm. And he brought that spirit to, to wherever he was. You know, he could have been in a restaurant and he had 
you know, you take the water bottles on the table and move them around and say, okay, this is what you're going to see tonight when you're playing Sweden. They're going to forecheck like this. And just that enthusiasm that he showed um, in, in my, you know, brief experiences with him because he recruited me and then left to go to the NHL. And then I got to play on a team with him. It was Canada Cup, which was a World Cup event. Um, and But we had a connection. There were things that he saw in me that he appreciated, which I think were my enthusiasm and love for hockey. And then when he showed that love and support to me, you know, I became, you know, fascinated with his style because it was unique back then. You know, we were, you know, we were in an era that the Vince Lombardi type coaches that were were pretty, you know, hard nosed and pretty tough and rugged style that was coming into the NHL. So we had a lot of that hard nosed Mike Keenan you know, Ken Hitchcock, there were lots of coaches that were standoff, so to speak, mm-hmm. and they were screamers and yellers and, and not a whole lot of connection with the players. And Badger had the opposite. He was, uh, you know, I want these players to know I love and appreciate them because of who they are and I'm going to have fun mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And, and I, really, I really thought that was special. Mm-hmm. And, and he was unique back then. And that was the, the guy that I admired most. Um, you know, he's the one that it's a great day for hockey. That's still on. You know, it's still all over the hockey world. Yeah. That that simple quote that he said. And every day when you saw Badger Bob, whether you know it was seven in the morning or you're on a plane somewhere, his smile and his love of hockey was you know, it was you could tell that was what he was all about. And he is like a legendary legendary coach. Um, are there others that you have seen throughout, like your trajectory, who are there? Maybe a particular, um, you know, like less um, uh, overt characteristic, like maybe someone who was just like a super organized coach, or someone who ran a great system, or someone who could run a great practice. Is it the type of deal where you're drawing bits and pieces from different people? I think you're you're right on there, but I, I'll tell you the one coach that that I don't give enough credit to was my dad, oh. and it's just from the standpoint that you know he didn't know hockey very well. He was learning it with me, mm. so he was a fan. Um, never played hockey until I was born, and started mm. learning to skate and joined men's league and all that kind of with me. Um, but but what I learned from him were what. You know, um, we talked about a little bit earlier with the family dynamics of what our family was all about. And that was, you know, love and care for one another, be a great teammate, respect the game, respect the people of the game, and then, you know, mm-hmm. play as hard as you can mm-hmm. and give, give it all you got. And that those things for me was, you know, the things that I, I, I looked to. And when I was a kid, you know, your dad's your coach and, and you know, you wanted to play more. And he, I was always the guy that was, you know, hey, we're gonna play Johnny a little bit more just to make sure he gets enough ice time because we need him to develop and whatever else. And I'm like, Dad, come on, give me on the ice type thing. And, and I understand it now, and I understand how important those lessons from were for me to learn. Even though I would get mad at him, you know, I'd only play five minutes a game, and someone else would play seven. I'm like, what the heck, Dad? Come on, play yeah. more. The other guy's playing more. And he's just be quiet. You'll you'll understand why. Yeah. And and you know, I I understand why. And yeah. those values that he 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 made me a better hopefully teammate, better person, better understanding of the dynamics of, of what a team and what it takes to be part of a team. Your uh, positive mindset is something that always jumps out at me. Um, is that something that you've always had? Um, and how does that translate 
as a player, clearly you have the love of the game and you want to be there and you have this joy joy around the game. As a as a coach, there's a different set of things you're responsible for, this whole unit. How did you develop that positive orientation and is it a different set of challenges as a coach than as a player to maintain it? I don't know if there's a different set of challenges from the standpoint that ultimately, you know, as a coach, I'm still involved in the game of hockey. I'm still around players and teammates. So even though I'm a coach of the players, I'm still their teammate. Mm-hmm. I'm still part of of the big package of what a team is supposed to be all about. So I don't think I lost any of that part of it or the enthusiasm or passion uh, for it. I think the positive outlook, you know, always came from when I was a little kid. Just just little things that that I can remember. You know, watching my idols play in Stan Makita and, and always looking at him and thinking, okay, he works hard. He gives his team, he gives it everything he's got out there every single game. He's got a lot of courage. Okay, I want to be like that. So those are the three right away. I'm gonna I'm gonna add those things to it. Then I saw someone else that you know showed some other thing, and mm-hmm. I take positive things from other players mm-hmm. and and be inspired by that. And I think that was the one thing you know that I was smart about was being able to identify characteristics in players that I enjoyed watching and respected that I wanted to put into who I was as a player and person and teammate. And I think the biggest thing that um, you, when you become a player and, and you start to have some success in the game or you continue to grow and jump levels, the most important thing that I, it means to me is, is along the ride, I don't want to be respected because I was a good player. I want to be respected because I was a good teammate. I want my teammates that I played with to be, you know, hey, I like playing with that guy. Mm-hmm. That would be more important to me than say, man, that guy was a good player. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was just a part of uh, being part of a family. So go back to the basement, go back to the way parent, my parents raised me, go back to the team part of what I think makes hockey so special. Is that, that camaraderie and that unity that you have to have to have success you know, it's so important whether you're on the first line or fourth line, you know, you got to respect and love what everybody's bringing to the table. And, and I think that that's the part that hopefully um, as, I, as, I, as I continue to coach and continue to, you know, stay in this game, um, you know, I keep that as, you know, my priority. Hey, I want to be, I want to be, that's who I want to be. Yeah. I want to be that guy. Yeah. When you assess your team and you assess the room, not only just the players, but the coaches, there's the obvious on ice stuff like you have certain like uh, areas you're strong and then gaps you need to fill that kind of thing do you assess the personality of the team or the um, way they fit together in that way yes you know and I think that if you look at um, teams that have success there's an identity to those teams and everybody talks about that now what's your team identity and I think that personality of your team and, and how it molds and comes together has to be a natural thing. Like, I don't think you can go into a season and say, this is the type of team I want us to be and this is how we have to be. Because, you know, organically, I don't, you know, yeah. I think you got to kind of see what you have before you can do that. So so I think just, just the kids we recruit, you know, the, the, the thing about early recruiting and about getting to know your recruits earlier is they get to know you earlier. They get to know your program earlier. They get to know the players that maybe they're coming in with or that are here that they're going to to play with. And they can kind of get a feel for what that culture is like and what it's like to be part of the program. 
And I think that that's uh, really, you know, how that identity starts to develop and happen. So the team, you know, each and every year, I think, has been a little bit unique mm -hmm. on how it's kind of matured into, uh, you know, who we are as, as a group. So I think, you know, going in this year, I think um, you you have expectations and hope for the direction mm -hmm. it's going to go, but then you kind of got to, you know, see how it's, it's going to materialize and, and come to fruition. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, yeah, I don't think you, you just say, okay, this is what we're going to become. And I got to do everything I can to make it happen that way. Yeah. I think you got to let, you know. Isn't hockey known for, in like your locker rooms a lot, a lot of big personalities, like a lot of funny stories, a lot. Part of the lore of hockey over the years is characters. It, it seems like me watching from the way distant periphery. Do you, Is that something that the game naturally brings out due to the nature of, of, of the game? Or do you think that's uh, a common across games? I think that there's a couple couple ways to look at it because I look back on some of the teams that, yeah. that 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 you've been part of, and you got great character people, but you also have great characters. Like that, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And and that you know, as long as that character doesn't go outside the boundaries of what your team standards are or yeah. your team core values are, that character yeah can fit into it, mm -hmm. and 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 also gets loved you know and appreciated by. The uniqueness that they bring yeah. to the table too. So, so yeah, yeah it, it's really interesting because, because you know, along the way, you, like you said, there's a lot of guys like that that you remember as former teammates. Man, that yeah. guy was a character. Yeah. As opposed to that guy's great character, they're totally different yeah. things. But you, but it's also important to a team dynamic. Yeah, like you maybe wouldn't have wanted to have been that guy's coach looking back on him. Correct. <laughs> but you have some good stories about him, maybe. But he was a you know integral part of the team. Yeah. 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 And I don't th those that's somewhat I don't know if we're missing that or it's not quite as uh, obvious in locker room now as it used to be and I don't know if that's part of you know the way today is where where you talk about I sometimes wonder I, I sometimes wonder about that. Our programming yeah. kids and tell them what they have to be instead of letting yeah. them be what they yeah, we you know, are, and, and so it's interesting because it's like I think about it, there's not as many of those characters as there used to be. Yeah, there used to be uh, more freedom of kids had more freedom growing up, which probably bred other kinds of um, dynamics. Dynamics, maybe some of it's healthier now than. <laughs> um, what What are the central values and principles of your program? Well, I, don't, I mean, any, for anything to have success, there has to be a standard of work ethic that, that has to fit into the formula, for sure. What that work ethic is, I think it's got to be um, talked about and polished and, as, as you move along. Because, you know, most people, when you, when you look around and what they do, they work hard. But, but to be successful, you have to go past the boundaries of what a general term of working hard means. So, so the commitment level to raising your standards for what you believe the, the ceiling is for your work ethic, going above and beyond. So I think that's one. Um, I think the other part, and we've already mentioned this many times throughout this conversation, is you have to have a passion and love for what you're doing and want to be part of something special. And so that selflessness of, of, of understanding that, that you know, um, you know, you got to love yourself, but you also got to love the people you're with. And if you can show an appreciation for and respect for their position and their contributions, um, 
you know, I think that's when teams really become special. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we used the phrase a couple years ago that when we won the Big Ten, it's, you know, it's, you got to love what your teammates adding to this formula as much as you love scoring a goal or you love making the big play. You got to love what he's doing as much. And if you can do that and understand that and appreciate that and they can feel that, guess what? That goes a long way in helping everybody, you know, do a little bit more and appreciate, you know, when you're appreciated. You know, heck, you're willing to go through the wall yeah. for anybody, and, yeah. and but but I think the understanding of you know so many young players you know come into a locker room and they say okay I'm a goal scorer I got to score goals that's how I'm gonna help us win that is how you're gonna help us win but you're also gonna help us win by making others around you better how do you make them better well the easiest way to do it is a hey, Pete great block on that play man that gave me my opportunity to get on the offense which gave me a scoring chance hey you know my goalie great save on that thing you saved my bacon because I made that mistake in D zone that gave him that chance and then once you can you know snowball those little appreciations for one another into something you know I think your team grows together a lot and comes together and when you come together as a team you play for one another you know good things happen yeah that seems like if you have a couple of key guys who are willing to get that ball rolling, like you said, then it uh, must, must snowball. It, make it. I think I think it does, but but you know, again, you know, when you when you're an 18 year old kid and you want to, you know, you come into college hockey yeah. and you want to be a star, you know, hey, you, yeah. every, everybody wants to be good and, and as good as you can be and take advantage of, you know, the opportunity for your individual success. But when you realize that. My individual success doesn't mean anything unless I, you know, do it with other players and people and part of my team. Yeah. And, the, and the better I help them become, the better this whole experience comes for all of us. Yeah. You know, then you start to grow as a player and as a leader and as a person of character yeah. that, you know, that it takes to make it to the next level. Hockey is such an international game in a lot of ways, at least in my view from, again, from the periphery where you have... Um, people competing at the highest levels, not just in the U.S., but obviously Canada and then the international game, which you've got such a rich background in. When you look at the sport internationally, have you seen um, ways of going about sport and ways in leading sport that are different in other national settings, whether it be like different models of youth development, different ways of coach interacting with young people? Or are those differences not really? No, they're, they're pretty significant. And, and you, some of the European countries are doing things uniquely. I think the United States, about probably 15, 20 years ago, they they started a um, youth program uh, that they um, changed on the philosophies on youth hockey. So they used to play in the big sheets, and they used to have kids from you know five to eight playing mm-hmm. the same level. And you know the five-year-old kid wouldn't touch the puck the whole season because the seven and eight-year-old kids you know had it. So the kids lost their love for the game because they weren't ever part of it. So now they they, they put a program and model in that that puts them in a smaller area where no matter whether you're a good skater or not, you're still going to be able to touch the puck and be part of the play because you don't have to chase it the whole game. And I, I, so I think that's that was a significant. Uh, that's like a that's like a national a level national thing they've implemented. Thing what what is this? Is U.S. youth hockey type of deal? Uh, yeah, there's some initials for yeah, it. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> out on it. The USA hockey's yeah. gonna be mad at me for this. But, 
but the, it's their model yeah. that they have for youth hockey, and and they have uh, staff members in each uh, state that all will go to um, each of the youth programs and explain to mm. them what that model is, and then those youth programs would implement that, and and because of that. The, the the new players and and the, and the numbers have continued to grow because of that because of that model um, and it's again it's it's playing in small area games it's playing cross ice as opposed to full ice so you get three games going on at the same time and little things like that have added to like in soccer they do uh, a lot of futsal now correct and similar type of logic you correct yeah and I think the enrollment's gone up. Um, and it's just become, you know, a better thing for a sport. So USA yeah. Hockey's grown a ton. That's why yeah. we're seeing yeah. more success internationally now that the kids that were part of that, you know, start 15, 20 yeah. years ago are now our stars in, in the NHL. And American players continue to get better uh, and better. So so that's one. I think the Europeans, um, you know, do things differently. They do a lot more technical teaching early on mm-hmm. uh, and, and individual skill work early on um, and then you know, as you can see a lot of the international stars come over with you know sensational skills so there's there's smaller countries that have you know a quarter or tenth of what we have as far as numbers and they can still compete with us at the international level because of that individual skill development that they do at early ages so I think every country has a little yeah bit of I've read about the uh, Jamaican sprint program have you read that it's no. fascinating because you know it's this tiny country but the term I've used is talent capitalization like they don't miss anybody if there's anyone who shows promise they don't slip through the cracks they start young technical development it's in the schools and so even though they have this population that's not even remotely the size of other big countries just imagine the talent we miss out on they don't they don't miss anybody so that's great great about sports yeah it, it is and, and, you know, the, the thing that I, I love about our game is, you know, right now in the United States, you know, we've got Austin Matthews, who might be the greatest American player. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. we got Patrick Kane from, you know, out in Buffalo. we got players from, you know, California. we got players from Texas. we got players from Florida. Mm-hmm. we got players from all these areas that you wouldn't think, whereas 20 years ago they didn't have hockey. Wow. And all of a sudden, like you said, there were athletes that were being missed because they weren't given a chance to have a hockey stick or a nice yeah. rink to skate on. Yeah are now getting a chance to, to play hockey. And I think that's another thing USA Hockey should get great credit for. And some of that is the Gretzky factor of going to California and showing that it can work in warm weather sports. Mm-hmm. But, but ultimately, USA Hockey's done a really good job of mm-hmm. introducing hockey to mm-hmm. lots of different areas around our country. Last question for you, Tony, is we have started this program where we're trying to value the role that coaches play on um, impacting lives and at all levels youth all the way up through the pros and so we're starting a leadership development program you know that's what we're aiming to do develop not just people who win games but people who impact lives in a positive way so um, this is a selfish question if you were starting a program like this what would you emphasize what would you focus on in developing leaders well I I think um you know, first of all, listening to your lectures and bringing in people to share ideas on what's important in that. But I think if you go back to the core value roots about, you know, really what's important for you in life. And if, if one of the, your core values is being a good person and being a good teammate and, and, and 
trying to, um, you know, show appreciation and, and compassion towards other people. You know, that's the part of the leadership that, that I think is special in its own way. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to say you stumped me on the question, but I just, I think that, that you know, trying to um, have people, the more you talk about it, the more you read books, like you and I share books and we share, you know, different, you know, things that we read about what make people and teams special. I think that's really just, and, and that's the same thing we do with our players. And so mm -hmm. I was telling you earlier when, when they come in and they might not know their core values, but you start talking about mm -hmm. it. And then you say, what's important to you? Who do you want to make proud? And then, okay, how are you going to make them proud? Well, I'm going to be the hardest worker. How are you going to be the hardest worker? How do they know you're the hardest worker? Mm -hmm. And then you can start to add things for them to think about that can help complete who they are as a person and grow and mature into that leadership. The strong, like, relational component there. Relationships. Like, relationships. Thank yeah. you very much. Because yeah. I think that's the word we miss this whole conversation. Yeah. You know, life's about relationships. Yeah. Sports are about relationships. Success is about relationships. And, and I think that, you know, as a coach, you want to have a special relationship with your players. How is that going to be special than... than well, you're going to help them grow and mature, not just on the ice, but as a person. So when they leave your program or leave, you know, uh, and move on, you know, they felt they've gained some sort of, you know, respect through the values that you've taught them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, not to be too psychological, because I'm not a psychologist, but your love of the game started with those you love most, with relationships. And I would imagine those two go hand in hand. But too often, we it's easy to look at a kid as a robot and the game as this thing is detached from that, from a family, from a, yeah. a relationship. So that's really yeah. cool to see how you kind of bring it full circle. Well, if it's connected in one yeah. way, shape, or form, you know, I, I, the part I think I appreciate most about about uh, the journey or the, uh, the the path that I've taken in sport is the fact that I've been able to share it with my brothers, sisters, with my dad, with my mom. With my sister that doesn't play hockey, she's got two, you know, two beautiful daughters. One played hockey, one's a track athlete. We're all connected by that sport, mm -hmm. whether it's our same sport or not. We're still connected, mm -hmm. and there's relationships continue to grow and, and uh, blossom because of sport, because mm -hmm. of uh, the things that we've gone mm -hmm. through as as a family. Well, I think your parents deserve a lot of credit too, because the fact that a lot of kids, by the time they get here, the sport is a point of friction like the relationships are not good because the way it's been it's hard to handle that in a healthy way and then it, it can still be a point of love and of joy shared in a family as opposed to a point of you've been pushing me to do this for the last 10 years and yeah. now I'm ready to what's interesting this is this question that I get a lot is you know what was your dad like yeah they always ask what was your dad like did he push you did he you know, make you get up at six o'clock to go skate? Did he, you know, go out in the backyard and say, you gotta go another lap, you gotta, he did the opposite. You know, he was one that was, um, hey, you, you wanna skate today? I'll bring you if you wanna go to the rink. And, and you know, he always asked, you know, what do you wanna do? And he always set the example by what I saw out of him on how he, you know, family first, work ethic. You know, um, look for no shortcuts mm -hmm. and just, just, just old-fashioned Italian, mm -hmm. you know, uh, dad that that I had a ton of respect for, uh, because I realized what he was trying to do was give me a better life. Mm -hmm. and he wasn't trying to tell me how to get there. He was letting me mm -hmm. and my brothers and sisters 
find out what that passion was all about and then let us go for it. And uh, so yeah, relationships, I like that. Thanks for letting me.